I think when I first started, you know, there's always been lots of property investment companies and advisors and this and that agents in Australia. Um, but I found that if you can use data to select where you should be buying, the suburb where you should be buying, you don't actually need to visit the place to get the transaction done. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Sham and in this episode, we continue the conversation with property investing expert Pulkit Gupta or PK Gupta. He proves that you don't need to see a property to invest in it but instead only need to know local statistics. We will learn about his data methods which can help you build a passive income through property investment. Gupta has built a large portfolio of properties across Australia and his strategy focuses on following his data methods even if that means investing in an unseen property. I think including me, a lot of people are sometimes fearful of buying sight unseen but it's kind of like a hidden secret. I don't even know if it's a secret at all but property managers, like a good property manager, they inspect your properties before you buy as well completely free of cost. So like one of the properties that I bought at this time I was living in Brisbane, we bought in Islington in in Newcastle, we bought it for $507,000 and I didn't go to visit it. Um, I didn't catch a fly or anything like that. I just called a couple of local property managers and asked if they could inspect it for me. And they said they could. And I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. Um, well, if you could take a video and shoot it through, then at least that gives me confidence, you know, that the pictures online aren't fake and all that kind of thing. And they did that. And then, of course, you go into the contract and you get the formal building and pest inspection report done. So between the property manager's report and the building and pest inspection report, that built me enough confidence to go ahead and purchase that property. And I mean, if I went in, I'd just look at probably how good the landscaping was or the colors on the walls. You know, I don't really know what to look at. Um, So that was the aha moment. And even though I'd been doing it before them, you know, that property has doubled since that time. And I was just like, I can repeat this. And so for for me, it was like now I can buy anywhere across Australia, you know, just following the data without needing sort of property companies or buyers agents or anything like that, just relying on local property managers. Of course, there's always good people, bad people. So you need to find good property managers, but that just allows you to leverage and buy outside your backyard, which which was kind of a, the biggest aha moment for me. When looking for a property to invest in, there are specific data points that Gupta considers. So even from the first property, East Gosford, you know, we kind of built us, it's not perfect, but we built a system where we could look at about 30, maybe 35 data factors, things like stock on market percentages, days on market trends, building approval percentages, job advertisement trends, online search interest ratios, et cetera, et cetera. And because I was a bit of a nerd, you know, looking at thresholds, coefficients, because not everything's equal in its importance and there's different weightings you need to give to it. But even though it's not got a, like, I can't predict, you know, East Gosford will grow by 7.2% or anything like that. 
it allows us to predict, relatively speaking, how it will perform versus other suburbs. And when you extrapolate that to all 15,000 suburbs, then you start to see the pockets or the suburbs that will outperform in the short term and the long term. So, you know, we can then see the relativities of, of potential future performance. Even with all this data, Gupta still lacks important local knowledge. This is when a good property manager becomes crucial. You know, you sort of couple that, you know, where to buy using data with the kind of know-how of a local property manager. You select the right suburb using data and the right pocket of the suburb using data and now qualitative factors as well, like, you know, flooding, flight zones, zonings and other things like that. But when it comes to the actual property, the strategy has always been, you know, hey, miss or Mr. Property Manager, can you go check it out for me? Um, obviously, the carrot on the stick for them is that if you buy it, you're going to give them the management for the next 10, 20, 30 years. So um, they're, they've got a really good incentive structure. They don't want to lie to you because the truth will come out in the next 10, 20 years if something's dodgy. Um, but at the same time, you know, they, they're working for you, not, not the seller. So we've always selected the property using data and then had the local expertise of the property manager to say, the property checks out, but hey, there's housing commission right, right next door. I don't think, you know, this would make a great investment. Or, you know, property checks out, and even though on Google Maps it looks like it's far away from a highway, actually you can still hear that cars going. And so that sort of local knowledge, you know, you don't need to go and have a coffee at the cafe or anything like that. Just that local knowledge, which I think as well, like property managers are really nice people. They're so are real estate agents, but property managers are different from real estate agents. They're just there to manage the property. They're not trying to sell you a property. And just that strategy of data plus having that local on the ground knowledge allowed me to sort of build a portfolio without really needing anyone else's opinion or expertise or, or anything like that. How did Gupta go from using his own data methods to launching his own property investment company? So like these days, there's data galore. But back when I was figuring out the system, I think I paid like $30,000 for the raw data. We did it in a programming language called R and it, you know, it was kind of technical and stuff. But these days, you know, you have so many data sources um, online. Um, it's very easy. What I teach is not like a magic software where you put in your first and last name and date of birth and it spits out an answer. Like you still need to understand why it works and the way it works. You still need to pull some levers and, and things like that. Um, but it's effectively a protocol or methodology by which you can, anyone really, um, can start with knowing nothing about any suburb and let the data speak for itself. Yeah, so like, like in Australia, as you know, I'm, I'm sure you know, Tyrone, there's sort of like, you could say five or six sort of major data sources like CoreLogic and PriceFinder, Investor, Residex, APM, etc. And they're all great. I mean, they're all great repositories of data. But what I found was, A, you know, you can see a PDF with some bar charts and pie charts, but you can't see whether the data is actually reliable, the statistical reliability of the underlying data. You can't, if you get a, let's say a PDF document from one of these sources, you can't compare thousands of suburbs or hundreds of suburbs simultaneously, you know, unless you print it up, put it around your wall or something like that. Um, and none of these individual sources have everything you need. So what we do at the moment, to be perfectly honest with you, is I still rely on other people's data. 
it's not any of these major um, sources. It's more the raw data that a few sort of niche players provide. You can just download like an, like an Excel file and that gives you enough to kind of then put it into my system or my methodology. Um, that's what you know we do at the moment. But going forward, I mean, that's very expensive. The data costs like a million dollars a quarter to update. So going forward, the plan is at some point to, um, to systemize that in-house. And because I think that's really what's lacking. There's enough information, enough data in the Australian property market. There's not enough uh, systemization or enough insights. So where people can use levers and toggles and um, you know a, a proven sort of method of interpretation that they can do themselves. It's like you know just just do it yourself. I, that's really my philosophy. Gupta believes that when given the right information, anybody can invest in properties. And I, I think as well, you know, sometimes people become like really overwhelmed and daunted when you say data. It's like, oh, you know, that's, I, I don't want to deal with that stuff. Not no, no numbers person. Um, but it's actually not millions of data points. Um, it, it's actually not that hard. Like it's sort of easier said than done. But this is not rocket science. I see so many people who are like, I don't know, like accountants and engineers or electricians and or what have you, or nurses. And they think they can't invest in property themselves, but this is nothing like doing the degrees or the, the courses that they've done to become their own professions, right? It's Property investing is not that difficult. Um, you just got to see through, through the weeds, see the forest from the trees, so to speak. Alongside hard work, Gupta believes that luck also has its place. Like I'm a big believer in, in karma and all these types of things. I'm a little bit airy-fairy like that. But I mean, luck has its place. Luck definitely, definitely, definitely has its place. Call it karma, call it luck. But things that are out of your control, you know, providence, they have such a big um, role to play. For example, if my father didn't make the decision to move to New Zealand, would I have a property portfolio right now? Maybe, maybe not. Like it's hard to say. All these things have to line up. But I think the main thing is, you know, seeing what you have, um, making the most of it and sort of making your own luck like if you jump you keep jumping keep jumping for opportunities one day you're going to like hook in and and grab one of them and that's going to take you even higher so i think skill is is probably there or hard work is there but it's the combination of both you know luck and and skill In the second half of this episode, we'll explore Gupta's why when investing in property. Our why back then was really kind of cliched. You know, we don't want to work these crazy hours. We want to be able to reduce our hours and sort of do what we want. The importance of prioritizing mental health. The whole idea was to sort of make meditation, mindfulness, mental health, like just cool. And that's next. I'm Taran Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Let's be real, deals that can yield 20 to 30% per annum do exist. Don't believe me? Well, here's a story about property development I invested in Victoria. This developer had the project fully funded beforehand but he and his family suffered a loss, a circumstance that led him to be unable to proceed with the development. So I stepped in 
and in two weeks, we funded the shortfall, allowing for the development to continue. Five months later, the development was refinanced and we received our funds back with interest. Yes, there are amazing opportunities in the property market like this one. So, do you want to get a better return with low risk on your money? Then register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Everybody has their own reason for investing in property. Gupta's why was to live his life without any restrictions. I mean, the why that for, for my wife and I initially, like when we were working those crazy hours, she was a chartered accountant. So she was also working crazy hours at, at a firm called KPMG. Um, our why back then was really kind of cliched. You know, we don't want to work these crazy hours. We want to be able to reduce our hours and sort of do what we want. Um, you know, sort of, I can go off on a rant on this Tyrone, but like since the industrial revolution, you know, people have lost their freedom. You know, we kind of, in some respects, just become numbers, part of the cog, part of the machine. So, you know, we just didn't really want to be part of that after actually experiencing what it was like to be part of that. And everyone's different, you know, um, so different strokes for different folks. But I think right now, or especially over the last five years, the why has been like we're massive meditation and spiritual buffs. So my wife as well, um, she's a mom, but she also finds time to meditate for two hours every day, not at the same time as me, otherwise my son would go wild. But um, yeah, like we, we had a meditation center in Brisbane before um, COVID sort of shut everything down. Um, but our why is really to allow the kind of money or finance bit to take care of itself and then we can just focus more on meditation, on mindfulness, on spirituality and just taking these principles, the principles of service, the principles of, you know, sort of elevation of consciousness to each other and to everyone else, um, whoever's interested. So whether it's online or in our meditation studio, it's a little bit left field but that's, that's kind of why we exist. Gupta is a firm believer of taking care of your mental health and attributes his success to the practice of mindfulness, meditation and yoga. So, like I just, we just found that mental health, I mean it's once again, it's a, a common thing these days to talk about mental health as it should be but oftentimes in sort of corporate circles, it's, it's not as personalized as it could. You know, companies have like a mental health agenda and they talk about it but still people don't talk up when they actually face issues. So, you know, prevention is the best medicine. And so this meditation studio, it was called The Conscious Collective. The whole idea was to sort of make meditation, mindfulness, mental health, like just cool, like fun and, and just relax. So we would do things like art therapy. We would do guided visualization sessions. We would do different types of yoga. Um, we'd do pranayama, which is a type of breathing exercise mostly from sort of Chinese origins, Indian origins, sort of Eastern type type stuff. And yeah, I mean, when, when pre-COVID times, we used to get like 50 people to each event and, you know, like everyone just has a big smile on their face and they talk with each other and it's not like, oh, how are you going? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Oh, today's Sunday. Oh, I have to go work tomorrow. It's not that. It's like, it's stuff that actually matters. Like, you know, what are you most grateful for? What's your purpose in life? You know, what is it that you would regret not doing in 60 years or in 20 years? And, and should we do that now? How can we make that happen? So it's kind of like this intersect between mindfulness and mind and meditation, but also just 
you know, like self-development, like in, in action and building a community that helps each other um, was really the focus for us. So. Looking into the future, Gupta is excited for his next adventure of living and opening a yoga studio in the US. I think the most exciting thing, maybe like even not from a property perspective, is um, we're, we're hoping, we're praying that once this COVID thing finishes, we're going to move overseas um, to the US and we're going to start a much bigger um, sort of meditation, yoga studio, um, hopefully on the West Coast. That's kind of my wife and, and my dream. Um, bring up our son over there, maybe spend some time back in Australia as well, but um, really, you know, kind of tap into that that culture over there, um, that sort of meditation culture. That's that's kind of our why for the next five years. We just have lots of friends there. We have lots of, um, you know, people we know there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, my wife is from London, um, like she was born in London, um, Indian origin as well. So, you know, in a sort of comfortable um, sort of English-speaking place. You either have Canada, you know, England, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand kind of thing. I'm just generalizing. So we both have lived in London. I've lived in New Zealand, obviously Australia, South Africa, not sold on. I'm <laughs> just so, so North America was kind of the area we haven't done. Coming back to property investment, Gupta's motivation and inspiration comes from a variety of places. I mean, I'd, I'd love to say because I think it's so important to have a mentor, but honestly speaking, I didn't have a mentor. I had lots and lots of snippets of advice from, you know, really good people that are experts in their own field. So I think I would have gone through about three or four mortgage brokers and each of them had their own strengths. I've gone through about four or five conveyances <laughs> and they all have their individual strengths. Same with property managers. I have nine property managers right now. Uh, like everyone has something to, to offer. So there wasn't sort of like one one-stop shop sort of person. But I think I think what really inspires me are just entrepreneurs in general. Like not that they have to be successful and well off or every, anything like that, but even new entrepreneurs, you know, people who not that I'm advocating this, but people who really want to do something different, some want to do something that vibes or aligns with what they want to do in life, and they have the courage to actually make those steps and do that. That stories that I hear of people, you know, quitting their nine to nine to five and now, you know, comfortably living on ninety thousand dollars per year, you know, with their family, which which isn't millions of dollars, but it's enough to get by, and they're doing what they love. You know, actually having the courage to do that, that's kind of the stories from this podcast and other people that I know that have really kept me going. Um, I think, yeah, courage, people who show courage is probably the, the, the thing that inspires me the most. You know, there's that saying which can be kind of used a little bit whimsically, but some people who have nothing actually have everything and some people who have everything actually have nothing at all so it's easy to say from a place where you know we live in australia we, we're not in poverty it's e easy to say from our sort of privileged position but i genuinely believe it over his time investing in property gupta has learned many lessons he considers your network is your net worth to be the most valuable you know once again it's a kind of a, a popular saying but really you can't get ahead in life whether it's spiritually or financially or you know, career-wise or anything, unless you actually 
network, unless you meet people, unless you make friends and make acquaintances. I mean, just like this, I've been listening to your podcast for so long and I've received so much immense benefit. It's almost like I've networked with all those people because I know their stories and I can see what works, what doesn't work, you know, what's possible. So these days with the internet, just, you know, consume a lot of information, but follow stories, follow people's stories, not just their advice, but what people have actually done. Thank you to PK Gupta, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you love the show, perhaps you're now ready to invest your money in a low-risk, high-return deal. If you are, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a lender. There are amazing opportunities in the property market right now. And I'm looking for lenders who want to invest their money for as short as 6 months. What are you waiting for? Don't let your money just sit in the bank. To register your interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040.